Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It's Sarah Choi here with Sarah's view of life. Senior pets and our love for them. I honour my pets and the love they have given me and will do so long after they're gone. But they need me now and I will be there right to the end because I owe them that dignity. My Kokomo, my border collie, is 14 years old. Things are beginning to go awry. She's deaf. She's getting a little dementia, walking into things, has to be aided up the stairs, sometimes forgets what she's gone outside for, and just generally kind of a little disconnected. That's the physical, but the spiritual, the soul, the heart is still very much there. And until she gets to a point where she cannot walk anymore or she's in pain, I will be there for her. You know, she's my best friend. She actually replaced my husband. When we separated, everybody wanted a dog and I knew that I was going to get my breed, Border Collie. This was my third one. And I looked online for a Border Collie and couldn't find one anywhere. And eventually somebody emailed saying they'd seen something out there about me wanting a Border Collie and knew of somebody in Aldergrove because I'm in BC, Canada. Um, she had one puppy left, but they were working dogs. I contacted her and she said, well, you know, they're a handful. I said, I've had them before. And we went out there. The dogs were in the garage, all the babies around their mum. My kids immediately ran to the mum and all the other pups. And this little puppy came up to me, crawled up into my neck and cried. And she said, well, I guess that's it, because that was the one, the only one I had left. There was my little Kokomo. Unable to leave her mum right then because she was still too young, we went on our last family holiday. And when we came back, I went on the Vicky Gabbaro show here in uh, Vancouver, where I was to be handed over Kokomo. The uh, owner, a breeder, um, who actually bred border collies for farmers, uh, working dogs, first time this was, you know, first domesticated dog she had done, was on air with Vicky. And my little Kokomo was sitting on Vicky Gabbaro's lap the whole time. The end of the show, she handed her over to me, and I carried her home. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me that she didn't like car rides, she used to get car sick. There was a bit of a panic at first, because I knew I wanted to take her everywhere with me, and if she got car sick, we would have a problem. But fortunately, it did pass within a couple of weeks, and she was okay. Then it was very hard to get her out of the car, because she wanted to go everywhere with me. She was a godsend for me. It got me out walking again. You know, when the kids were young, I was always taking them on walks in the stroller and off to the park. But then as they grew as teenagers and I was basically driving them to their friends, to their events, there wasn't that walking anymore that we did as a family or myself and the kids. So having a dog again to go walking with was a sheer joy. We had a routine, drop the kids off from school and go for a walk. Maybe it would be in the woods. Maybe it would be a lovely long stretch of the waterfront. 
No matter where it was, it always ended up with a cup of coffee and a treat to which she always shared. She loved the bagel house I went to. We would have cream cheese and bagel and she would help me consume it. She was an absolute delight. Whenever she picked up a tree and the bigger, the, you know, the branch and the wood she was, she got these goofy ears and her tail went off all wagging. I was so proud of herself. She also used to carry this football around with her, slightly punctured, just enough before her to carry in her mouth. And she would walk so proudly, always in front of me, but never too far away, showing off. People, of course, fell in love with her. She had one eye that was patched white and the other black and a beautiful white white mane and this lovely white tail and she was this gorgeous and still is black and white fluffy little thing so we went everywhere together and it was a really really good for me because as a woman who was separated kind of trying to just navigate life again and who I was and being single again it was hard for me to kind of get to know people I knew all the mums from you know the kids and I had two or three really good friends that are still good friends today. But other than that, I lived rather an isolated life. My husband's friends and family were his. And although we still, in our separation, still did family events and things together, um, you know, they weren't buddies. So what I loved about being at coffee shops and sitting outside is that I would get to know people. Because, of course, they fell in love with my Kokomo. It was also a great gauge of who she liked and who she didn't, and I paid attention to that. She knew more than I did. She had those instincts. So if her heckles went up, hair went up, growled, I knew. Forget it. Don't pursue that. She knows better. But literally the, the day after I got her, I went down to my local coffee shop. I used to sit inside, but now it was outside, along with the smokers, because I had my Kokomo. Had her wrapped up in a little blanket on my lap, and she met this gentleman, as we know today as Bill Mackey. And Bill and her had a rapport right from the word go. And for a good few years, we were coffee buddies, you know, conversations, and um, and you know about life, about spirituality, about many many things. Later on, um, some four years later, uh, three to four years later, he and I will become business partners for a while there, lovers, back to business partners and co-adventurers. Um, and it's 14 years later and we're still very much friends. We co-share a house and the business and the Q Factor, the radio, everything else. And uh, Kokomo is our baby. Although she's my little girl, always will be mama's girl. She absolutely adores Bill. He would take her off for these walks, like 10k walks, and she used to love going for a walk with him. Or he would take her up to the river and, and she would swim. Um, I couldn't do those kind of walks, just, you know, my physicality wouldn't allow that. And his part of his healing and it was to walk, and she used to get into a rhythm and go walking with him. Um, but we used to take her off together, off in the car. Uh, off to the beach um, where you just couldn't throw the stick or the ball enough um, you know off for a swim um, down to the river you know she just loved going everywhere and especially loved it if it meant ice cream time afterwards I never had to bribe her with a treat along the walk um, she knew it was walk then treat time treat for me treat for her so she never asked me for anything along the way 
which was good because we were out there to have a walk and have a little adventure. Then we would go and reward ourselves with a coffee and a treat wherever we went. She was always really very friendly with people and of course people, as I said, fell in love with her. Not only was she beautiful, but I mean just, you know, just such a character. When she was eight months old, my oldest daughter, who smokes, unfortunately, um, started blowing kind of cigarette rings and encouraging her to chase the smoke. Well, once you've taught a border collie something, you can't unteach it. And she became the smoke-chasing dog. Uh, eventually came down to being called the smoking dog. She would leap 20 feet up in the air at cigarette smoke. One place we went to, they synchronized the, you know, smoking. One would smoke, then another, then another, and she would go down the line chasing the cigarette smoke. And, you know, it was kind of good for her. I checked her out that it wasn't anything bad for her lungs. She was literally smoke chasing it. So they used to call it her floating sheep. Uh, this was, you know, she wasn't a farm animal and she wasn't chasing any sheep. This was her <laughs> sheep. And she did it so eloquently and so beautifully. And she, you know, the way she jumped and the way she came back down again. And uh, she was quite extraordinary. And people would literally come from afar. You know, people say, you've got to come and see this dog. And of course, they would bring her treats like liver and a few other things. And again, she was our socialization. She brought so many people to us and introduced us to so many people. My darling, my sweetheart, my love. So, you know, now, of course, she can't do that anymore. She is 14. Uh, she can barely go for any length of walk. Um, we unfortunately, we live on the top floor of a house, which means I have to push her up the stairs. I have to guide her down the stairs. And sometimes it's even just hard for her to just get up, up on her feet. It is so sad to see that because she was such a beautiful, active dog. Throw the ball for her and she'd go like the wind. You could just see the fur flapping behind her. Um, one of the problems with Border Collies is that they twist and turn. And she would do that a lot and very often put her back leg out um, because, you know, moving too fast. And you see suddenly the yelp and the paw go up and massages having to happen to relax the muscles. But she was such an active dog whether it was stick or ball or something um, she just loved activity as border collies do they also like to work you know give them a job so she loves her toys and loves playing with her toys still you might only throw it one or two times and she does the little thing of chasing and then that's enough but she still loves her toys um, and she loves to have a job so of course the smoking was her job um, protecting was her job and, uh, you know, that was her thing. My son used to take her off to a lake called Bunsen Lake, and that was like a 10K hike around, and then they would swim, and uh, they often did that, and she just loved going with the guys and going for this hike and then swimming in the lake. It's actually where I taught her to swim. My last border collie hated the water, and so I knew she was going to learn right from the word go. And so I took her into the water at four months, and she would turn around and try and swim out and I'd come after her, pick her up, put her back in and by the fourth time she turned around on her own and continued swimming and that was it. And uh, absolutely loved swimming. As I said, in the summer when the weather was warm, so hard to get her out of the water. But, you know, a huge amount of hair. So really could only do this in the summer, A, for her own protection and B, because wet dog stinks. 
so my son took her, um, uh, my oldest daughter took her, but there was a competition between her and my youngest daughter. She always wanted to be that one up, you know, in the pack uh, over my daughter and would growl at her all the time. But my daughter could go in and remove a bone from her mouth and she would never attempt to bite her. It was always the snarl, like, you know, I'm above you. And of course, my daughter reminded that she wasn't. So there was this tug thing there, but again, a kind of a mutual respect. But they didn't do as much together as my other two did. Plus the fact that my youngest daughter wasn't driving and wasn't independent at the time. Um, so, you know, that's what kind of happened there. She loved activity. She loved going places. Uh, she would rather go with me and sit in the car and look out the window than being left at home. Um, she really did have separation anxiety, still does. Uh, when I go out now, I can't go out for long. You know, one or two hours max, she sits at that window. The uncanny thing is, though, when I come home, whether I'm walking or driving, I live on a busy road. There's lots of traffic, but she knows when I'm coming. It's so uncanny, that vibration she picks up, and then she gets up and her nose is out the window. Hello, Mom. And of course, when the weather is warm, I can leave the deck open and she could sit there and she'll just watch the people going by waiting for Mum to come home. She truly has the most beautiful personality. Now, Bill taught her to kind of smile, and the smile was snarling and growling with her teeth. And this is what he used to call a kiss. Give me a kiss, give me a kiss, and she'd be all the gums and teeth showing. Which quite, you know, was just like, give me a kiss, which meant a cookie. And um, and unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't play so well amongst other people because they, you know, got shit scared. But they didn't realize she was just wanting a cookie or a treat. Um, and he, he would kind of play those games with her, which to other people was like, oh, my God. Um, but... I loved driving with her because she would sit on the front seat with me with her hand on the on the, th the divider between us and sometimes I would sing to her and she'd just look at me gazingly. Sometimes she'd put a paw on me or she'd just look at me and we would have conversations. And truly, you know, just uh, what a friend, what a friend she is to me. She knows when I am hurting, she knows when I need love. Very often when I'm doing shows, she's sitting at my feet. Um, She's come, as I said, a bit of a wanderer now, and I worry about the stairs. I have to I put a barrier across because I don't want her kind of losing her focus and going down because she will fall. And at night she paces a little bit. She gets a little disorientated, and it's awful to see her like that. But for as long as I said she is not in pain and she's as active as she can be, um, I will monitor and make sure that she still has a quality of life. But enough about my Kokomo, my little girl, my darling. Let's talk about Sativa the cat, another senior pet in the household. Sativa came first. In 1999, I went to pick my daughter up from a friend's house who was moving, whose cat had had babies, and apparently they were going to kill the babies because they didn't want to take them with them, which is horrific. Had I known this, I would have done something about it. But my daughter picked up this one kitten and snatched it. And she got into the car. Now, you know, I'm an asthmatic, and so I didn't want cats because of my allergies. And all of a sudden, I s hear her T-shirt meowing. And I stop the car, and there's this, this most beautiful little gray and white kitten, only of about three or four weeks old. But she had to take it early, of course. D 
just mew, mew, mewing. And so I wrapped it up in a scarf and I put it right into my heart, into my chest. And we drove home and it calmed down. And my daughter calls um, my son and said, we've got a cat. And he was at that teenage years, you know, I don't want a cat. It's, you know, unmatcho. And then we drive in and he comes up, well, where's this cat then? And I produce this beautiful gray and white little meow, meow kitten. And he melted. He absolutely melted. And he picked up this cat and this cat meowed and melted in his hands. And then there was just, you know, one after the other, all these six foot, you know, big burly teenagers coming oh I've come to see the cat and then when they see the cat oh kitty 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 completely forgetting the maturism it was really funny um she still is an absolutely beautiful cat she is nearly 17 in um, June she will be 17 years of age um she's still up and down the stairs she jumps up and down the counter for her food uh, she's always drank from the water and in, in the sink of the bathroom and she is still ferocious she used to chase the raccoons the skunks one day we opened up the door when we're hearing her swearing away and there she is swearing at the skunk and all i could think of is do i have tomato juice in case she has um you know in case she gets sprayed um even coyotes have walked by and left her alone but she was you know five pounds in the summer six pounds in the s in the winter i mean she tiny pussycat but she ruled the neighborhood you know other people would tell me she'd come into her um into her uh, into their gardens and chase her you know their cats and you know so never look at size right because ferocious she would be i remember seeing her up on my roof once absolutely panicked and i had to go out and i was shit scared come home and she's down there was a tree she used to just go up and down the tree go and sunbathe on the roof and then come back down again but when we brought the dog home she was already two years old and she looked at this dog and her hair didn't go down for two weeks absolutely like what are you doing um what is this creature and she let kokomo puppy know that she was in charge and it was really, really funny. I wrote an article called, you know, uh, Puppy Love, Kitty Hate. And she would stalk Kokomo. Now, she never bought out her nails, but it did her paw. My kids, two of my kids had rooms downstairs with their own living room and everything. And the friends would come over and Kokomo would go down there to be with them because she loved being amongst people. And I would hear this whining going on at the bottom of the stairs. And I'd get, come on up. And it almost like her paw would point, you know, woof, woof, I can't. Because there's Sativa at the top of the stairs, paws wrapped over, almost, you know, <laughs> doing this. I'm not doing anything, but daring Kokomo to come up the stairs. Because Kokomo knew she was going to get swiped one. And this was the cat and dog relationship they had. They could both lie on the bed with me, but they never made buddy buddies. Now, when we started moving around a great deal and at one point had to live outside of our car, having the dog was one thing, but I couldn't do it with the cat. So my daughter took the cat, my youngest, and uh, lived with her for a good six or more years. Um, she's since moved to Nanaimo and has got a new ginger kitten called uh, Ziggy, and Sativa came back to live with me. So now I have two seniors in the house, one almost 17, one just turned 14. They both have their issues, uh, they both have their bladder issues, which ha comes with age. 
Um, Tiva's still got her wits about her, but she's grumpy. She's not a friendly cat. She'll come and sit on your lap, want you to massage her, and then attack you when she's had enough. Um, diet seems to be a bit problem. She'll eat some food and then throw it up, and but she was all right with that food last time, so who knows what's going on. But she's still active. She's still running around. When my son comes over with the puppies, however, she cannot stand them. I have to keep them very much away from her because she will go on, on the attack no matter what her age is. So there is this little six-pound pussycat with, you know, 25-pound solid full-muscle Frenchies trying to attack her, and she would probably get the better of them. So it's an interesting thing when we have a house full of dogs, and cat. I can have up to five dogs here and the cat and believe me that is a challenge because where do I put the cat to keep her out away from the dogs and um, <laughs> it's a zoo when that happens. But they've both given their beautiful delights. Sativa used to lie on my legs lengthwise, you know, long-wise. She's really long and, and slim and it would always be make sure I've gone pee first because she could lie there for hours and I'd be watching TV and if I moved she would get mad. Um, she loves to come and sit while you're working on the computer and of course it's really hard to work around the cat when you're on the computer um, but she likes to come and see what you're doing. Right now she's a little bit of a roam especially of course at night. I won't allow her to go out because I'm on a busy road. It's not secure in the garden. We have coyotes, we have um, a lot of dangers around here and um, so I've made her a little garden out of an old swimming pool on the deck and I'm going to be getting a nice big plant that will offer some shade for her and uh, unfortunately due to the last storm the little garden is a water pool at the present moment but as things dry up and I put a hose in there to get rid of the water um, get her a plant in there I think that she should be content to go out onto the deck, sit in her little garden under her little tree and watch life go by. I am hoping so because it's always a chore to get in and out of the door without her trying to run and when she does she escapes next door, they don't have security and I am worried. So yeah, senior animals are work folks. But you know what, that doesn't mean we give them away. It doesn't mean we take them to a shelter or in some cases kill them. It means that they've given us joy for that amount of time in their lives. That they've loved us undeniably, unquestionably, and without any condition. And it is time that we now spend on them making their last moments or years or months or weeks in life comfortable. Because that's what it's about. The friendship that they give you. The joy. The smiles. The even the exasperation sometimes. I look at my little sativa and I think, oh my God, she's still so beautiful and so well-maintained and, and just, you know, an extraordinary-looking cat for nearly 17. Not even a grey hair on her yet. And I look at my Kokomo, who unfortunately most certainly is winding down. There is the grey hair, there is the dementia, there is the deafness, there is the legs collapsing from underneath her, there is certainly the bladder problem. But she still looks into my eyes lovingly. There's a picture here on the posting where she is looking up at me at the coffee shop. And it's like, you won't go without, would you, Mum? And you know, nowadays, because I don't have a car, I can't take her down to the coffee shop anymore. 
A, it's been too cold, but B, I know she wouldn't be able to make it. It's just too far. So unless I have the car, we go for little walks across the field, and that's about all she can do. I know in her heart she's still that puppy. She still loves to think she can do all of those things. But she's an old girl now, probably close to a hundred in doggy years, and she cannot do what she used to do. But she still loves me as I still love her, unconditionally, completely and utterly, as I always will. When that day comes when we have to say goodbye, I think it's going to hit me hard. You know, you place so much trust in them, so much confidence, so much secrecy. They know everything about you, unjudgingly, unconditionally. They know everything. And when they go, it's like, who else can you speak to like you can speak to them? That love, that soul love, that heart love, that seeded love that she has put inside of me will be with me for all eternity. It doesn't matter if I get another dog down the road, which I will when I finally settle down, I will. It's about that love that she's given me, the way she taught me to love again, to live again, the way she's been my companion all of these years. That love will always be with me. And whether she is getting old and fading, that doesn't mean I turn my back on her. And I have absolutely zero respect for anybody who does. Maybe her body can't do what she used to do, but all you have to do is look into their eyes. That loyalty, that love is still there. And that is what we need to respect. So my Sativa and my Kokomo, thank you for all the love that you have given me. You have made such a difference in my life. You will always be with me, in my heart, in my soul, and in my spirit. But please don't go yet. It's too soon. Mama isn't ready. But if you have to, know that my arms of love will always be around you. Forever and ever.